0: This episode of Weed and Grub is brought to you by Shuggies.
1: Yeah, Shuggies is on a mission to sweeten people's lives and create little moments of happiness and joy every day.
0: Shuggies is infused cane sugar and infused agave nectar.
1: You can use Shuggies wherever you want. Make something a little bit sweeter, you know? Stir it into your coffee in the morning, drizzle some agave nectar over fresh raspberries.
0: Ooh, I would put some in my hot chocolate. Or you could bake with it, add it to an apple crisp for that extra special Mwah!
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> add a little kiss to any dish with Shuggies.
0: Check them out at shuggies.com. That's shoogie s.com or find them on Instagram at that Shugies feeling.
1: Ooh, I want that feeling all the time.
0: Elevate your everyday with Shuggies.
2: Hello and welcome to Weed and Grub.
0: What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike?
1: Congratulations.
0: Happy 100. It's our
1: 100th fucking episode.
0: Fuck yes, it is.
1: Who? we? I knew. I
0: knew, too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah. I I knew. Right? Yeah, I think I knew the day I met you.
1: That we'd hit a hundo?
0: Yeah, that we would just do stuff together.
1: I knew I would hit 100 episodes.
0: I woke up with a fucking, that makes me think, I woke up with a, a song in my head this morning. What was it? It was like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like kind of like a, it was a hip hop tune. It was like a lyrical hip hop tune that my brain made up. And it was like, going to check the mailbox for a check. Check, check in the mailbox. I don't even know. I basically, there was money coming to me and my brain told me it in song form. That's so in my cool. dream. Isn't that great?
1: Hell yeah. When, when a dream <laughs> is like in reality, but like, I'm going to make this fun for her.
0: Well, I, I had the like, I, w- when I woke up I was like that's weird that I like made up an entire song because I'm not really very musical and then I was thinking about um, someone told me recently about like a muse coming to the wrong person or a muse coming to someone at the wrong time like Nick Cave is like driving in traffic and then like a muse comes to bother him and he's like go bother Tom Waits like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not here for this and I was like oh maybe the muse the musical muse was like looking for a different canadian in la like
1: like it took a wrong turn and like filled your
0: brain yeah it was like oh yeah like thinking like i was like the weekend or something (laughs) (laughs) like coming coming to coming for the weekend with like a great song idea but found me instead yeah got lost that's so funny
1: (laughs) so as we all know the weekend had that hit song that's out now blinding lights followed by got a check 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 in the mail
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the title. That's so great. A check in the mail.
1: Because now when he does come out with it, you can forever be like, The Weeknd stole my song. Yeah. Stole my idea.
0: Royalties over here. Yeah. Hi.
1: Muse. We have the same. Hi, The Weeknd. We have the same Muse. Listen, we're
0: both Canadian. <laughs> the, the Muse took a wrong turn, got lost on the way to you, stopped at me, wrote that song in my head. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I probably punched it up a bit. It was a little first draft.
0: Yeah. And then I sent The Muse your way. You're welcome. Um, Give me my Check, check. <laughs> check. <laughs>
1: That's the check that's from your dream is one from The Weeknd. Yes. For his hit new song.
0: I mean, listen, I'll take a check from anywhere, but I would love, yes.
1: A weekend check? Yep. I bet it has like sparkles and gold on it. I bet it has like embroidered gold.
0: I would hope that it would have like some like greasy weed crumbs on it too. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hopefully. Ooh, I just thought about like a cum stained check.
0: Oh, I don't want that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, oh, everybody. Shit. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Wheaton Grub's 100th episode, everybody. Woo! Fucking gum stain check is the intro. This well, is... Well, that's who we are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a podcast about cannabis, comedy, cooking, culture, and calling shit out.
1: Yeah, it is. We started this how many years ago? Two years?
0: It'll be two years... No. I mean, we're at 100 episodes, but we started it in the spring of 2018, so... Oh, a year? A year and a half. A year and a half. A year and three quarters, I guess.
1: I don't know. Who knows? Seasons make it difficult to do math.
0: Well, the counting of our episodes is also a little wacky because when you look on iTunes... Oh, God, let's
1: not get into it. (laughs) It
0: says we're at like 140. We're actually at 100 feature episodes, and then like the other ones are all mini episodes and spotlight series, and that's all we need to say about it, Mike. (sighs) Don't be too exhausted about it. it,
1: Not even Rain Man would understand (laughs) what the hell we're talking about at this point. It makes sense, but it's our 100th episode.
0: It's our 100th feature. Feature. Hundredth. It's feature. our hundredth
1: episode. It's our
0: hundredth feature episode because we have minis and spotlights. Oh my god! <laughs> and we have a
1: great guest today. You're so obsessed with the scientific method; it drives me nuts sometimes. Well, it's, because you're like, it's like it's a black hole. Well, technically, it's a collapsing black hole. Yeah. Well, it's still a black hole. Well, but black
0: holes are always collapsing on themselves, god Mike. Damn it. <laughs> That's the definition of a black hole. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, man.
0: But it's confusing when someone looks at their phone and they see, oh, 142 weed and grub, and then we're like, happy 100th episode, everybody. I'm just trying to make that clear. That's what happened.
1: It's because of minis and spotlights. Yes. OK. OK. But it's our 100th episode episode.
0: Yes, it is. OK. It's amazing. We're saying
1: the same thing. I just get angry about accuracy, because I have no interest in having accuracy in my life. Fun and, fun and flippantness is more important to me than truth. Right. I I get that. Do you think that
0: would be the title of your memoir? Angry about accuracy? Angry about it. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Which is weird because you were like hyper accurate as a, Goalie for Team USA, you were very concerned about accuracy.
1: I'm wildly concerned and obsessed with structure, mm. but within that structure, oh, just give me the sloppy chaos.
0: Interesting, because I'm all about being right within the framework, but I don't really care what the framework is.
1: Yeah. Okay. So there's the compliment. Oh, that's how complementary attitudes. Maybe
0: that's how we knew when we met each other that you could create the structure and I could make sure everything inside it was right. Yes, that's it. Like building a house together, and like you're building the beams, post and beams, and I'm like making sure the I don't know, like all of the wiring is done and the flooring's down.
1: That's so well said.
0: Perfect. Now we just need an interior decorator because I don't know what I'm doing.
1: I, I will help you because I will just throw everything away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just a big empty house. Yeah. Just if, a great kitchen. If you uh,
1: Yeah, if you hire me as your interior decorator, it's going to look... Like a empty, like Tabula Rasa with Uh a great kitchen island.
0: A great kitchen. Yeah. You know what's going to be in that kitchen? What? A whole bunch of Crusade.
1: Yo, what a game changer. Man. Cool. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was hoping to talk about it on this pod.
0: Okay. Can we talk about it? Let's go. Wow. Okay. So we... Bought together for each other and together, uh, Le Creuset.
1: If you don't know what that is, how do you? I don't know, even know how to. I mean, it's like a perfect piece it's of work,
0: a, it's a very, very, very big investment. It's a French line of cookware. Um, the one that we bought is the Dutch oven. It's this like heavy cast iron, then enameled, sort of like really deep, um, slow cooker for your stove. You can also use it in the oven, and it's just an investment. Like, I've always wanted one of these, but they're just too expensive. I can't afford one, and I'm not like about to get married anytime so i can just like put all that stuff on my list so
1: and don't get married just for the cookware i totally would i yeah right yeah i would have an arranged marriage with somebody who needed to become a u.s citizen if it if in the <laughs> contract it was like and you get great cookware
0: yeah and i, I would like this line of Wüsthof's mm-hmm. and uh yeah also here this kitchen aid i'd like it and sell it on please yes yeah oh uh, that's why i would get married
1: Uh, Yeah, not for love.
0: I would get married for Le Creuset cookware. I
1: can love you without the ring, Yeah, but that cookware.
0: (laughs) So we got a Le Creuset indigo blue deep dish Dutch oven dynamite thing that has, I don't know, I've just been bubbling sauces in it since it's been sitting on my stove and it's been so great.
1: The cool thing that I learned when you were making that bolognese was um, it holds heat evenly and really well because there's no seams. It's all built out of one piece. So mm-hmm. there's no like hot and cold spots. Everything cooks even. You can brown, you can braise, you can reduce, you can deglaze. Like it's a real it's an investment, but it's also the o- one of the only things that you would use in the
0: kitchen. I've bubbled at this point. Now I have cooked bolognese twice because I did it the first time and it was so good I wanted to see if I could do it the second time from memory. I just made a big chicken curry. We've got a white chili bubbling. Mhm. So good. It's
1: really cool. And I think it's, it is, like, that super expensive investment, but the older I'm getting, the more I'm learning that you get what you pay for, yes. especially in a, like, capitalist system, and, you know, I drive a Honda Civic from 2008, and I think all the time about my next level up getting, like, a Prius or something like that, yeah. and in the kitchen, same thing, sneaker, like, I'm as an adult, I'm starting to learn about like investment.
0: Also, I, I totally, totally agree. And also for me, like the having the Le Creuset in the kitchen, like, you know how some people will set up an altar in their space and they'll sit at that altar and they'll meditate and they'll like put talismans on it. And like, I feel like it's just, very, especially in LA, it's a very common thing for people to have like a little meditation space in their home.
1: Oh, I thought I was picturing In your kitchen, like setting up, (laughs) holy shit, like something to like emerald, and you've just got this weird. Hey, emerald's hair i
0: worship at the altar of einegarten yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, pictures of it's, barefoot contessa like.
1: <laughs> there's jeffrey x'd out because <laughs> you're like he's not the one for her yeah
0: no, i mean i would totally do that no but i'd be mean, like you know when someone has like next to their little bay window they've got a low table with some crystals and like a you know a salt lamp and sure. like a gong or you know any of the things that make you want to just sit and sort of meditate i don't have that set up my space I do have this Le Creuset on my stove. I stood over it last night and stirred for like three hours and just listened to a podcast for part of it. For the rest of it, I just stared into my sauce. It was awesome. And
1: you disappeared and felt whole?
0: Yeah. And it felt like, you know, totally meditative. So that's that's also an investment, just like taking that time to like unplug and stare into a sauce and smell and season it and i don't know i just felt i feel calm
1: that's especially with the holidays coming and Mm -hmm. how anxiety-ridden that is for me it's cool to hear that like cooking can be that headspace for you that allows you to just fucking breathe
0: yeah cooking and cannabis right yeah yeah i've got a little tincture that's a cbd to thc one-to-one called quiet time so good
1: Nice. Oh, girl cult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really calming. Maybe that's why we started this podcast was because like I needed something every single week that had no stakes to it except to have a good time, be honest, and try and support the person across from me in our conversation. Can't think of anything lower stakes, but more enjoyable. And that feels like every time I'm like here with you, maybe it is that little bit of just staring into the sauce.
0: Nice. Yeah. That's metaphorical sauce staring. That's what we do. (laughs) Yes. Nice. We're just staring into the sauce together, Mike.
1: Yeah, especially you as a witch. You're just staring into this sloppy brew over here.
0: We're staring into the sauce of the universe together, man.
1: Yeah, we are. And
0: that's it. It doesn't feel low stakes. It feels like really important, but it does feel like low. Um, oh, dude. I think <laughs> my the stakes, brain just floated off.
1: Oh, for real? No, I think the stakes are just to have a great fucking time.
0: Low stress is what I mean.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like the
0: stakes are mm, Yeah, I guess. I don't know.
1: I don't want to dig it. again. Here you are, fiddling <laughs> with the fucking wires. <laughs> sorry. Because it's like, well, the, actually the blue goes with the green, yeah, not just really kind of the orange. let connect
0: this to the light plate over here and make sure we got the <laughs> wiring right. Let me just <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's fine. We have a guest. You would be
1: I'm sorry, but you would be a great like bomb. Diffuser, what are they called? The wire cutter, (laughs) (laughs) sure. Oh, yeah. I think you'd be great at it because, like, there'd be 10 seconds left, and you'd be like, Wait a second, well, it's more of a maroon than red. So, I just want to make sure you and I, and it's like six seconds, and you're like, So, it is maroon, okay? Because, like, okay, so picture here's here's the maroon I'm seeing, (laughs) (laughs) just yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I
0: don't know, man. I watched a lot of MacGyver as a kid, and I always believed that I could do what he did. Like, he made me believe that I would be able to figure it out.
1: Fucking speaking of that, um, on the cannabis tip. Yeah. You built a pipe out of Starburst once?
0: Yes, I did.
1: I had no idea, and I would love to hear how you did that because that sounds really cool.
0: It's so easy and it's so fun, and I don't know if it's actually really good for you to smoke out of sugar candy. I'm not sure what that. I've does smoked out long. of a
1: CVS receipt. Yeah. Like, yo, things are not <laughs> gonna work out eventually.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like making a pipe out of fruit. It's the same idea. Like you just, you know, you take all the starburst and you get them kind of warm and sticky, and then you squish them together into a block, basically. Like it's a block of clay. Okay. And then you push a pencil through it one way. And While you, it's soft. Yeah. In the middle. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you push a pencil down into the end of it, and you just make it, it's really easy.
1: That's, uh, I, the part of, that was uh, kind of bamboozling to me was how to get the, uh, the chamber, chamber mm-hmm. made so yeah. it's all about making it soft enough so it still holds its outside while being gooey on the inside
0: exactly yeah you kind of just have to like warm it up in your hands a little bit and then you can stick it all together and i would
1: definitely smoke out of that
0: yeah i, I did i made it and smoked out of it made a little video of it that lives somewhere
1: that's so cool yeah. and then your lips get all
0: it tasted great yeah yeah
1: number one starburst for you
0: Whatever the strawberry one is, the pink pink one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See,
1: I used to be a pink boy, but now I'm a red baby. I think that the red is a bit tastier than the pink. And orange, orange is like kind of an unsung hero of the Starburst realm.
0: Not into the orange. What is the red though? The
1: red I think is a cherry, but it's a very subtle cherry. It's not like an in your face, like, you know, fake cherry flavoring that most things are i love the red but i do feel like i mean pink is number one across the board for most people yeah i I just feel like are you calling me
0: basic (laughs) (laughs) you know for the common folk yeah (laughs) for those who aren't highly evolved with an excellent palette like me (laughs) the anchovy of the starburst world yeah (laughs) this cherry Oh,
1: you're so right. It's like
0: the capers of the bunch.
1: It's so like subtly, like such a subtle nagging that nobody realizes. (laughs) It's so gross.
0: Yeah. Everyone likes the pink.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's going on today? News. Yeah. Oh. You
0: want to get to the Grublik Gazette?
1: Yeah, I would love to. So this is the Grublik Gazette. Let me pull it up. Uh, This one is brought to you by MarijuanaMoment.net it ties right into our guest today amazing which is so cool okay. al harrington is our guest and the major league the major league baseball <laughs> this is why i will never be a newscaster <laughs> oh my god stare into that sauce mike <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, i'm joking. we're
1: live go <sighs> i can't okay Major League Baseball made a huge move when it comes to their minor league teams, and they removed marijuana from the banned substance list. Huge. It's enormous. So do you mind if I just read a little bit of this and then we can dive deeper? I would love to hear. Okay, so first of all, the MLB has not tested for marijuana at the professional level for quite a few years now.
0: Professional level, meaning the major league players. The major league
1: players okay. haven't been tested for weed for quite a while now. But now they're also not going to be testing the minor league players either, cool. which is huge.
0: Who are pros, right? Like they draw salary? They're
1: fucking pros. Yeah. they are just as good, yeah, as any of the major. Like, yes. yes, yes, yes. yes. Cool. absolutely. But
0: they were still getting tested for weed
1: they were getting dinged for it Hmm. so unnecessary and now in reading further because what this actually has to do with is equal parts cannabis is going to be federal federally legal and it is a plant and it is medicine but also this is a short-term way for them to address the problems of things like opioids in Hmm. professional sports so this is a really cool part of the bill that they just passed also they're no longer going to be suspending players if opioids show up, they're instead going to be helping them get into recovery. Wow. So it won't be a punishment anymore. It'll be a let's get you back on track. You need help. You need help.
0: And cannabis can now be an alternative to opioids for some of those players for pain.
1: Yes, exactly. And you will be welcomed back into the league that's because amazing. that's legal. Wow. That's Fucking so cool.
0: cool. That's great, great, great news. And a huge step on the parts of part of like... I think that's got to be the first major sports organization that is doing that, right?
1: Yeah, so that's the other part of this, is like the PGA said that golfers still can't use CBD, even though it's federally legal, and they can't use hemp. The NFL reduced its marijuana sentence, but it's still illegal. The NBA, still illegal, even though our guest today, Al Harrington, talked to David Stern about it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, so our national pastime is the first to no longer test for weed.
0: That's amazing.
1: Very cool. And yeah. such a great
0: time with our guest today, NBA star Al Harrington, who is you know all about players being able to recuperate from injuries using cannabis. Yes. So cool. Before we get to our guest, Al, I do want to shout out Goldleaf, because um, Goldleaf, who are so amazing and have such a wonderful line of you know, journals and prints and all that kind of stuff that we love talking about and using, are also supporting something really important called The Last Prisoner Project. And they right now have uh, on their website at shopgoldleaf.com information about The Last Prisoner Project and how you can support them through buying Goldleaf products. And The Last Prisoner Project focuses on criminal justice reform initiatives as far as the drug war is concerned. So people who have suffered from um, being imprisoned for nonviolent drug offenses are being helped by The Last Prisoner Project, people who are still in prison even though other people are profiting from this plan. They work on three um, key initiatives, which are clemency, expungement, and then re-entry into the world. So they help with getting people out of prison, they help with people in the post-release phase of getting out of prison, rebuilding their lives, and they support the work of advocacy and legal services providers through expungement clinics. So I know that's a lot of wordy stuff to say. Basically go check out the last prisoner and shopgoldleaf.com and they're supporting this amazing initiative.
1: Can I repeat it because it was like my my brain made it work, but I'm also so Goldleaf is supporting this project, and if you buy things through Goldleaf, some of those proceeds go to The Last Prisoner Project? That's right. Fucking cool.
0: Yeah, it is fucking cool.
1: Tis the season. Wow. Um. Can I just say a couple things before we get to our buds of the week? Yes. When we started this podcast, I knew it would be a good time, but I didn't know that we would be able to affect change in a way that I've always wanted to affect change. And so I just want to thank everybody out there who has reached out and DM'd us and emailed us. And fucked with us on Instagram and played along with our games and just been a part of this because this year we've like helped people get jobs in the cannabis community. We've helped people. We've answered like serious questions about cannabis for people who are mad nervous and don't really know who to trust or where to turn and they turn to us.
0: We've heard from people who have had conversations with their families about their cannabis consumption and in like a new cool way. That's been really huge. Huge. To yeah. get that
1: conversation going between fam?
0: Yeah. Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I just want to thank everyone out there because I do want to change the world while I'm alive. And through this podcast, you've really helped me feel like I'm doing a small part to make that happen.
0: Wow. That's fucking cool. It feels really good. I feel really great to hear that from you (laughs) I don't know I feel like I don't even know what to say because it makes me feel so good
1: well thanks for fucking with me Mary Jane
0: thanks for fucking with me Mike like it's you know when we met and we decided to make things together and we were like not looking that far down the road, I still felt like it would be a long walk with you. Yeah, you know. likewise. Shout out to all the people who have just supported us over this like wild journey and I'm so excited to keep walking down this road and staring into all the sauces.
1: Hey, oh, nice. I thought you were going to say walking down this aisle and I was going to oh. be like, oh, cookware?
0: Well, do you want to get married for some cookware? <laughs> <laughs> just imagine the registry we could have.
1: The Amazon, I'd, but I don't want to use Amazon.
0: Mm, no, uh, got a surla tablet. Yeah, all Th- the way. That's the key. So we get to go into the store and like pick out, pick out, pick out, out the colors and stuff
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah I have a long list going through my head right now of cook where I want
0: I'll fight you for the stuff that I want
1: we're already fighting we just got married
0: <laughs> no we're not married yet we're just picking out the registry let's get this stuff and then we don't have to get married <laughs>
1: oh that's such a good point oh, we boy. don't need to go to city hall for this piece of paper let's just go to just go shop, shop. <laughs> 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 do you want to do buds of the week
0: yes let's
1: do buds of the week can I go first yes please
0: okay I'm so stoked to shout out at underscore Alyssa Boston, who is Miss Canada, uh, representing Miss, she's Miss Canada, and she represented Canada at the Miss Universe pageant 2019, and her national costume entry for, to represent Canada in the national costume competition was this incredible peacocky sort of Mardi Gras outfit where she was representing cannabis. She's like this beautiful cannabis leaf. It was with bright
1: green and a, so sequency and sparkly. It was and her cool. head is
0: like a whole big pot leaf and she's got a scepter and she just looks it, like incredible. And she shouted it out on her IG saying that it was like because Canada federally legalized cannabis, but also it was to sort of Hopefully, um, continue to push for normalization and destigmatization so we can have more research into medical cannabis worldwide. And I just thought that it was so cool that she chose to represent Canada on stage at the Miss Universe pageant as a cannabis leaf.
1: Cool. Yeah. My butt of the week is also making the world a better place, just like Alyssa. I struggled this year a lot with just trying to stay healthy because I'd, it was like a year of snacks for me. Just a year of snacking. And when we got to meet Thug Kitchen, they helped me so much and they probably don't even know it. But vegan food, I'm not vegan by any means, but every time I start eating vegan, I feel better about myself. My skin feels better. My beard doesn't look like a snow globe with dust falling off of it. They're great fucking people. So if you are ever looking to change your life, check out Thug Kitchen. Their Instagram is at Thug Kitchen. Check out their cookbooks. They're all simple, easy And clean living, and also Matt Foster's dogs to find them new homes. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just, they're great people. And um, I'm just really thankful for meeting them this year. And they've really helped me, like, lift my life.
0: Nice. And they're the most fun podcast guests.
1: Oh, God, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Listen to their podcast, Forked Up. Yeah. Shit. uh, You know what? It's our 100th episode. Check out Forked Up. Check out Great Moments in Weed History with Abdullah and Bean. Check out Tender Friends with Matt. Or Matt, uh, Michael Walker and Eric Wilson. Check out my brother, Matt. <laughs> He's nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. All great recommendations. All the homies. All the people. Check out is High and Mighty yeah. podcast. Check out I'm 2F and High with James. James Mastriani. That's it. So many good pods out there, especially like some great fun weed pods. Yeah, yeah.
1: dig deep and dive in. Do you want to set up our VIB, our very important bud this week?
0: This week we have NBA star Al Harrington. Was so excited to sit down and talk with Al because he played 16 seasons with the NBA and then he founded a cannabis company. And now he is making moves in this space, not only as a you know a brand that is operating in several states, but also giving back to the people who've been most affected by the war on drugs and making opportunities for the communities that he comes from and he believes need the most help getting a foothold in this new world of legal cannabis.
1: I'm always a little trepidatious when we want to talk to people who create brands, because I don't know if they're just going to be money sharks where I'm going to Barely listen and just be like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But man, as soon as we met Al and we were hanging in his office and he started opening up with these beautiful, honest stories about his life, his family's life, his grandma. Like he is a human being doing all the right things for all the right reasons. And it was a straight up honor to talk to him.
0: It was an absolute honor.
1: I hope you all enjoy and thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, without further ado, here is our chat with
0: Al Harrington. Hi, everyone. As you know, Mike and I love to travel, and we love to check out new shops everywhere we go.
1: Yeah. One of our favorite places to go is Vegas. What's up, Vegas? What up? Yo, Life is Beautiful, the Fremont Experience? Any reason at all? Any? Seriously, any reason at all. Do you want to all. go right now? Yes, let's go. Let's well, go. while we're there, we should go to, to our favorite dispensary, Euphoria Wellness. They
0: were the first dispensary to open in Las Vegas, and they have won multiple Best of Las Vegas awards.
1: Right? You open first, and you do it the best? Mm-hmm. Sign me up. I loved... How when we got to Euphoria the staff was super welcoming so nice. and then check-in was super quick and then the best part you have an experienced wellness guide with you so they can walk you through the entire process and help you select the best products for what you need. And they
0: have a huge selection of flour, edibles, cartridges and tons more and their house brand of flour which is called SUMA. So good. It's amazing.
1: Yeah SUMA. Um, Yo summa. honestly you walk in there you go through check-in and then you have a wellness guide walk you through and then you get SUMA?
0: Yeah. Stop. That's so, so good. check them out the next time you're in Vegas. Their website is euphoriawellnessnv.com. That's euphoriawellnessnv like for Yeah,
1: and use our special promo code GRUB, and you'll get 10% off your next visit at the dispensary.
0: Keep out of reach of children. For use only by adults 21 years of age and older. No other coupons or discounts apply. You did it, like one of the. That, that yeah, right? so good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Go to euphoriawellnessnv.com what up mary Jane? how's it going mike
1: I, we're already having fun we're talking about cars we're talking about flower how are you could you please introduce yourself and let everyone know what you're about
2: i am the one and only legendary no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, al harrington uh former nba player now a uh, gondrapreneur uh co-founder of iola founder of harrington wellness um replay you know uh you know, that's who I am, Just I Just say guess. mogul, man. Yeah, on, mogul in the making. Mogul in the making. That's the goal. That's the goal is being a mogul out of this thing.
1: That's what's up.
0: You founded Viola in
2: 2011? 2011. Well, we well, I started in 2011. We founded Viola in 2014 when we got our first license.
0: So is 2011 when you started with this, the whole – can you tell the story
2: of how you started? Yeah, I mean, that, so 2011, um, I, I was a free agent in 2010, and I signed a free agent contract with the Denver Nuggets and I was coming from New York. And when I got there, um, I'm a big newspaper guy. Uh, Just, you know, I've always, since I was a rookie, they always make me go get the newspaper you know, as a rookie, newspaper, orange juice and donuts. (laughs) Krispy Kremes to be exact, when I was playing for the Pacers, which I ended up gaining a lot of weight from eating six of of them on my way to practice myself. But, um, you know, I always got in that mode where I just always read the paper, right, because of that. So when I got to Colorado, you know, kept that same practice throughout my career for the most part, and every time I picked up the newspaper it was always something about cannabis, the benefits of cannabis, and just, you know, how the industry was evolving in Colorado at that time and you know i didn't know at the time but i was kind of you know learning about cannabis kind of set myself up for a moment and you know the moment happened at the end of you know that season you know my grandmother um you know 79 years old you know very old school and like she only wants to drive in cars buses or trains you know what i'm saying like she' off flying And, you know, I was able to convince her to fly to come see me play, you know, because I hadn't seen her in a while. And when she got there, you know, she, you know, I took her bags downstairs. You know, she asked me to bring one bag back up, and I could hear it rattling, so it was pills, right? Bring it upstairs She come upstairs And she opens it up And she takes like 30 pills No And I'm just like Looking like grandma So you know The athlete in me Was like grandma Why are you taking so many vitamins And she's like Boy these not vitamins She's like I suffer from diabetes High blood pressure Glaucoma A little bit of everything And when she said glaucoma I was just like Grandma I was just reading The newspaper the other day How um, cannabis Helped with glaucoma So she's like Tell me more So I started telling her About all the stuff That I was reading And then finally She asked me Well, well what is cannabis And I was like Marijuana weed She's like Refuse (laughs) she's like boy I'm not smoking no reefer you out your mind I'm like no grandma she's like all it's gonna do is make me hungry it's not gonna help my eyes you better get out of (laughs) here so that's how she played me so next day I came home from shoot around and uh she was sitting in the kitchen and when I walked in she was squinting her eyes and as I walked in and she's like is that you baby doll and I was like yeah grandma how you feeling today she's like my eyes hurt so bad today I can barely see so I said, well, Grandma, if you're taking all this medication and it's not working, I think you should give Reefa a try. And she was just like, oh, I don't know about that. There's no way it's going to help me and this. And I was like, well, I'm like, look, you're taking all that medicine. Let's just see. And she was like, you know what? I'm in so much pain today. i try anything. So I called a friend of mine, he had a card, he bought back Vietnam Kush, we vaporized it for her, took her in the garage actually. Uh, she hit it like three or four times. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, all right, grandma, that might be enough. That might be enough to cure your, your glaucoma. So mm-hmm. I took her downstairs, I went and took a nap. Woke up an hour and a half later, and before I jumped in the shower, I said, let me go check on her. So I go downstairs and I look, you know, I go knock on the door. And when I poke my head through the door, her, you know, her back's at the door, but she's looking down. And I was just like, Grandma, how you feeling? And, you know, with a smirk on my face, not knowing what to expect. And literally she turned around and she was crying tears. And she's like, I'm healed. She's like, you know, I haven't been able to read the words in my Bible in over three years. So she was downstairs reading her Bible. And I went in the room and, you know, I uh, sat on the bed next to her and she made me cry. I'm not going to lie. So me and her both sitting there crying. And uh, she was just like you know, in the words of, in, in church terminology, she was testifying. She was mm-hmm. just saying like how her whole is so much, world is so much brighter, everything's like so much clearer. And, you know, that's what inspired me to learn, it's like to really take an in-depth, you know, um, um, journey into cannabis. And, you know, in 2014, when we got our first license, we named the company Viola, which is, my, which is her name.
0: Wow.
1: Wow, I want to like run around this room. That's
0: yeah. amazing. <laughs> My arm hair is on end. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. So beautiful. Is she still alive?
2: She's still alive. She uh, she has dementia now. That's the only reason why I don't, you know, obviously bring her with me so she could tell her own story. But, um you know, but even through her dementia, she still wakes up every morning. She hits her vape pen. And, uh, you know, I also infuse cereal for her. Or whatever, cause she like honey nut cereals and cinnamon, cinnamon and toast crunch. So, I infuse those once a month and send them out to her, or whatever. So that's how she pretty much medicates. Wow. Yeah. Th- those are
1: the top two cereals, by the way. Yeah, I know they good, well, right? they're good, right? So good, <laughs> legendary. <right? laughs> yeah. So yeah,
2: obviously she can't have too much of it because of the diabetes, but you know, but you know that's how she pretty much medicates. You know, she, obviously now she's a firm believer. Um, You know, her story really has broken down a lot of barriers, you know what I'm saying, especially for me, you know, and especially for, you know, the industry as a whole as I continue to be an advocate and, you know, obviously trying to, you know, spread the good news and change the stigma and, you know, get people to realize that this is medicine and not a drug as they try to, you know, categorize it, especially being a Schedule 1 drug, you know. I mean this is a drug that you cannot overdose from so how is it a drug you know what I mean so it's a lot of you know it's a lot of good that her story has actually um, come about because of you know her experience so I'm very proud to tell her story.
0: And you just opened a flagship store in Detroit. Correct. That's the first for the brand right?
2: Yeah that's our first you know now Viola's in retail. It's funny you know we you know when we first started like you know, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. Obviously, you know, took a lot of losses in the beginning. But you know, I was. Uh, some about this. Some about it just made me feel like this is what I was supposed to do, right? And then, especially, I feel like when you can find something that, you can do that, you know, you don't consider it work anymore. I think it's huge, yeah. right, when you can find something. And, you know, its I, I would say, like, I was one of the most passionate people ever about basketball. Like, I mean, I loved it. That's all I thought about. It. I used to love working out, the whole thing. But once I got into this, I was able to transition away from the game so fast, you know what I mean? So um, for me, I've been very blessed, you know what I'm saying? I always say, like, the cannabis industry definitely chose me, you know, because when I think about the way I grew up, um you know i grew up in the dead era obviously you know i was taught that you know if i smoke weed that i was going to be a crackhead on the corner and in the alley you know and uh, you know it was a one-way ticket to jail the whole thing you know what i'm saying and you know I, I never saw the value in it at all you know what i mean so now you know i realize that you know obviously i've been lied to for so long but and that's why i feel like it's you know, almost like my responsibility to be one of the people to kind of try to change that and, you know, try to educate people the right way. And, you know, even with obviously adults and even with kids, you know what I'm saying? Because I even believe that there is a place for cannabis with children, you know what I'm saying? Children that are sick and different things like that. And, you know, we just have to continue to just continue to push the narrative and and get people to feel more comfortable and open-minded to at least trying it,
0: you Mm -hmm. know what
2: I'm saying? Because, I mean, I feel like... You know, obviously the cannabis plant has so many different cannabinoids. And right now we're at like a hundred and who knows, there may be 3000, you know, there may be cannabinoids we don't even know about yet. But, you know, um, you know, CBD is one that I firmly believe is a preventative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I actually allow my kids to use CBD. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'll tell anybody in the world that, you know what I'm saying? And my kids don't get sick. Like, I have not taken my kids. Away. Oh, you're using it
1: preventi- preventatively? I, I use
2: it preventatively. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, my kids do not get sick, period. No ear mm-hmm. infections. Or no, then they go to public school. They, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's where, you know, kids are sick all the time, right? Yeah. My kids don't get sick. You know that's what I'm what's saying? About. So, And I believe that's because of the plant. It's nothing else that we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and the other, the other parents aren't doing. You know what I mean? So... um, you know, I'm just a firm believer, and I just believe that this plant can, you know, not only heal the world, well, number one, heal the world, but it could just bring us together in a, in a very weird way. When I think about the people that I'm actually friends with because of cannabis, that it was, if it wasn't right? for cannabis, I would have never known, yeah. you know what I'm saying, or even been able to see eye to eye with.
0: What's the most unexpected friendship that you'd say you've made through the plant?
2: Um, I would just say mostly just the industry, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the hippies, the, you know, like now I realize I'm a new age hippie. I'm I'm just like them, you know. I may dress a little different, you know what I'm saying, and I may use secret deodorant instead of natural. Uh But we have so many interests (laughs) that align, you know what I mean. And then, you know, um, even like you know, from a competitive standpoint, like there was a guy, you know, everyone knows Paul Pierce. Like he was a guy. Like when I played against him, like couldn't stand him, and I think we probably couldn't stand each other. Mm -hmm. But you know, once we got done playing, and we shared a blunt. You That's know, what's up. We like best friends now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just amazing what this plant can do. It's a community. It is a community thing. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm telling you, it could bring the world together if everybody just tried it.
1: Man, could we talk a, a little bit about, like, a couple of those L's that you had to take to get to where you wanted to be? Because I think about, like, the NBA, and I think, like, every single game, it's like win- if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. And you've still got another game the next yeah, day. Yeah. But, so, like, you just – you steam – you seem positively stubborn, right. maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? Like super I guess, positive, but I, stubborn.
2: I guess it was just because, you know, the one thing I, I couldn't, I guess I think the main thing was like I couldn't hold myself or my team at that time accountable because we were just doing, we was we were pioneering something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like I could have did this instead. Like it was one of those things where like I realized very short after getting in, it's like you have to learn. You have to take some bumps and bruises. It's not going to be, I guess it's like almost like when you learn how to walk, you're going to fall a couple times before you figure it out. And I kind of took that mindset and I just realized that I knew that if we worked hard, and we and we learned from our mistakes. It didn't make the mistake over again. I mm-hmm. felt like we would continue to move forward and actually, you know, get it to the point where you know we would be successful. You know what I'm saying? And you know that's where you know I think my basketball background definitely helped out in that sense of like you know knowing that you need ten thousand hours to be an expert in anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Instant gratification doesn't happen in business. You know what I'm saying? You have to grind. You know what I mean? You may get lucky every once in a while with a quick investment, but if you're going to actually build something. You know it's gonna be it's gonna be a journey and it's gonna be a lot of hard work you know what i'm saying and you know i was able to realize that early and you know i was just able to push through and you know when you talk about some of the L's. it was like the first things was like you know we was robbed you know we got robbed we fought through that then we started growing and then we uh we had issues in our grow you know rusted mites and different things like that that happens to a grow that you don't you know you don't realize that can happen and then you get a bug that multiplies by six every day
1: holy Mm. shit
2: you know what i'm saying like that's how rusted mics that's how they they they, they reproduce six bugs per bug every day Mm. so you could have millions in that fast you know what i'm saying so learning that learning how to be clean you know what i'm saying learning how to make uh you know um um, natural and organic product and, and priding yourself in that, you know what I'm saying, and being able to get to that point. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, you had that. And then once we were established, you know, another roadblock we hit was in Michigan, you know what I'm saying, in that same building where we just launched this, you know, launched our uh, our store. You know, we was raided last year, you know what I mean, in April. And, you know, the police come in, you know, 20 deep SWAT team, lock up six of my employees. By the feds? By the, Not the feds, by the local city gang unit. It wasn't even like the regular, but the gang unit came, regular clothes, so it looks like I'm thinking everybody you know, I'm looking on camera, thinking everybody might die, the way they came in there, you know what I'm saying, and come to find out it's the police, and they had some false information, and, you know, they pretty much, they set our business back to the point where, like, literally we've lost over $10 million because of that raid, you know what I'm saying, and... You know, that's another reason for me to obviously pack up my stuff and say, you know what, maybe Michigan isn't for me, but I realized it was bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? This was really, this was about our community and this is about representation for our community. You know what I'm saying? Because the one thing that I realized when I was out there is like, there's not a lot of people of color that actually have operations and stores and stuff that we're actually trying to build. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So we felt like we had to be out there for that representation and be able to, you know, be able to create more opportunities. you know, empower the community and uplift the community through you know, through our company, you know what I'm saying? So that's why we fought and that's why we're still there. And that's why we're finally hanging lights this week. You know what I'm saying? We're finally about to get our grow operation back up and running, you know. And, you know, even with that time, you know, I even felt like it was, you know, time for me to start speaking on that because that had never happened to me. You hear about people getting raided all the time, but you always think when you hear it, it was an illegal raid. Mm. But a lot of these raids are illegal the other way. You know what I'm saying? The cops, and what, are, in they, the wrong. The cops are in the wrong. Yeah. And what's happening? What happens a lot of time is, especially when Trump took office, it was something called asset forfeiture. So what that means is when they confiscate everything at the site—cars, laptops, money, product—if you found doing one thing wrong, any one thing they can say that you did wrong, they get to keep all of that stuff.
0: And sell it for money, right? And
2: sell it for money. Yeah. They get to keep all of it, and that's what that raid was about. They were expecting, obviously, us would be doing something wrong. That they could keep all of our stuff, and they expected millions of dollars to be in there. I'm sure, but you know, even the thing, you know, when you look at like some of the articles that came out and stuff, it was like an illegal company and plain hiding in plain sight. And it's like, how we hiding in plain sight? We built a brand new gate. We we uh, we paved the driveways. <laughs> we painted the building. Yeah. We got we got we got handicap ramps, you know, on this building. It's like we were hiding. Like we we got all those permits through the city to do that. Yeah, you understand know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, what are your talking about but you know but to the, my point is like you know at the end of the day like there's other people that don't have the resources that Al Harrington have that would have lost everything because of that you know what I mean and if I didn't have the resources to be able to go hire six attorneys you know for each one of my employees you know what I'm saying like yep. you never know what would have happened you know what I'm saying me being able to get them out of jail immediately and different things like that because you know during that process what they do is they freeze all your bank accounts you know what I'm saying? Now, when they do that, now you're you know you have to wait for your day in court to prove yourself innocent. But during that time, the bills don't stop. You still got to pay your rent. Still got to pay your electricity. Oh my God! You got to pay lawyer fees. And people that don't have resources, think about it. They lose everything because of a mistake that the city made or the city local officials made. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. know that's a huge issue for me and you know and I know if that happened to me I know that happens obviously to thousands of others and but like I said a lot of them don't have the resources that I had to be able to get out of that and come out on the you know on the winning side of that so I always like to speak on that is you know as far as with local jurisdiction and law and stuff like that like have your shit together you know what I mean? Because, you know, there's a lot of people that's putting their last into this. You know, I, I even, you know, use the example of like L- in LA with social equity. You know, these people have been holding real estate for two, three years trying to get this program started. And like these people, like, and a lot of these people, when you look at them, when you go to these meetings, like this is the only shot they have at having a better life. Like the only, there's nothing else. Yep. There's no other opportunity. You know what I mean? The lottery, that's it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And and that's impossible right so when you think about you know these states and these cities you know putting these people through all this hardship You know, just to be able to participate in an industry that you're already making billions of dollars off of, you're collecting, you know, billions of dollars of tax money, taking that, uh, so to be illegal money, into your own banks Mm -hmm. and then distributing it how you want to, you know what I'm saying? It's just all fucked up, you know what I mean? And I like to speak to that because, you know, we have to come together, you know, as people and especially people of the industry to fight against that because that, you know, is bullshit.
1: Hella bullshit. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. want to pick the mic up and drop it? No, no. Okay. no, no uh, okay. Feel free. Feel free. Oh my gosh, that goes right into your mission statement. That's on right. your website too. Yeah. Yeah. Just how like, like those who are underrepresented need a voice.
2: Yeah, we do, man. Because you know, you think about just like the war on drugs. Like, if you do the, if you do your history on. Um, you know on cannabis and when it was prohibited and everything literally like in the 1930s they made it illegal to lock up black and Latino men like that was it that was the main reason because there was the main people using it distributing it and it wasn't even distributing it really it was just using it yeah you know what I'm saying and then allegedly the devil's lettuce was the reason why you know Caucasian women started dating doing interracial and like they made it illegal because of that right so then they took this drug and then they policed it in the black communities only and i'm gonna tell you why i know this is a fact because you think about any major college in the country it's drugs is running rampant do we ever hear about any bust? never you know why because most of those kids are white kids on those campuses when i look at all the people that are in the industry that have been 30, 40 years of cannabis experience. Where'd you start? Oh, I was selling it in high school. Then I sold it. That's how I got through college, just sat in the third. In the ghetto, where we have nothing, 85% of all black drug arrests is black. It, excuse me, is cannabis related uh, charges. Mm-hmm. For 85% of black men that are arrested in the ghetto, is cannabis, is the reason why they were locked up. You know what I'm saying? And now we have this huge industry that's about to be, I feel like, a trillion dollar industry faster than people think because of the medicinal benefits of it. And we have no representation. You know what I'm saying? The industry is run 96% run by, you know, Caucasian male. And I have an issue with that. You know what I'm saying? And my whole my point being is that I'm not saying you have to give us anything. I'm not saying give us percentages or nothing. All I'm saying is just give us an opportunity. That's all we want. We want an opportunity because, you know, obviously, you know, when you think about, you know, how much it costs to get into the industry, it's millions of dollars sometimes to go after these licenses. You know what I mean? Like if I don't go to, and and this is even me, if I didn't go to my NBA friends or other athletes or entertainers to raise money and I needed to go raise, just say $200,000, I have nowhere to go. Hmm. Even me. I have no family members that have that kind of money. I don't have any cousins or family members. You know what I'm saying? So when you think about the challenges, I'm just like, they have to find a way to kind of even the playing field just so that we can at least have a meaningful spot in the industry. 10, 20%, like just give, can we at least, can we at least have opportunity for that? You know what I mean? And that's what I want to continue to use my voice for and use my company for is to try to, you know, make that possible and bring that to reality.
0: On the political front, do you see any candidates at a national level right now uh, who are going to be able to help represent the cannabis community. I know Bloomberg just entered the race, and he's directly responsible for the stop and frisk policies in right, New York. Right, right.
2: So it's funny, like, I don't, I don't. you know, um, I'm drawing a blank, the guy from New Jersey. Cory Booker? Um, Cory Booker, obviously, um, I think Camilla Harris now has come around, you know, obviously our governor now, right now, is obviously pro cannabis, different things like that. But, you know, from a presidential standpoint, you know, I think that um, they're going to wait until they see how close the races are, mm-hmm. and then use that as a carrot, I think. Yeah. I think that's how it's gonna play because I think that if you left it to the to the the, the vote of the country, if there was if there was real democracy as we say we have and the votes really meant something, like they say they want it to be, I think that it would be legal now. Um Do you have aspirations though? I don't know. It's funny. I, think mayor, yeah, <laughs> I think you'd be a good mayor, man. I
3: think he would be a good
1: mayor. No,
2: my, my, uh, my, my co-founder always tells me like, yo, yeah, when we win this cannabis industry, like it's, we'll be one of the top dogs. You're going to be able to run for president. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? If we, if we, if we actually, you know, uh, do all the empowerment, accomplish all the empowerment initiatives that we have. You know, yeah. he thinks that I'll be in a position that I can actually run for a public, like a, main, a real public office. But you, Who, you and Schwarzenegger don't know. Yeah, hanging I don't out? Know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know right now. you got to have the mental
0: toughness, like, to translate from being an athlete into being this, you know, cannabis entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that just, you know, I think that sports definitely just helped me, you know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, I, I, I played basketball late. I didn't start playing seriously until I was a freshman in high school. Um, I had a growth spurt um, and I just started working, like I just fell in love with it and just started working my ass off, working my ass off. And, you know, in three short years, I became the number one player in the country and went to professional out of high school. And then, you know, one of the things that I think helped me was that, you know, when I first got in the league, I'll never forget, I go to training camp in, um, in Indianapolis and I was watching Antonio and Dell Davis, which were guys, and Jalen Rose and guys that were in the spot that you know, I would want to play, yeah. in, right? And I'm going from the man in high school to the NBA, where now I'm like the 15th man. Like I'm on and off the uh, the, the the active roster the entire season. Like sometimes I'll play, sometimes I'll be out five games type thing. And all I remember was like I used to look at them and be like, I'm better than them. Like why am I not getting a shot? And it just made me continue to work and continue to work. And then that next is my second year is when I started playing meaningful minutes. And I say all that to say is, like, I just always remember young Al's attitude and think about all the young guys that were coming behind me. Mm-hmm. And they probably would look at me like, Al Harrington, He really not that good. Uh, you know, so it never allowed me to become complacent. I always felt like somebody was on my back. Somebody was after me. somebody's after my spot. And that's kind of how I conduct business in cannabis. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I'm like, I do like. We winning I don't know what winning looks like in this industry yet Yeah. you know what I'm saying we have to create winning yeah you know what I'm saying so that's how that's how my mindset is and it's just like constantly pushing 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 trying to get better wake up
1: thinking
2: about it I mean so it's all wake up go to sleep like I can't it's like it's sad like even like I was just in church this Sunday last Sunday actually and like I couldn't stop thinking about work like, I just, it's like, it consumes me at this point. You know what I mean? And it, that's how basketball was. It was like the reason why I always so like, basketball was always my safe haven. Like, no matter what I was dealing with in the world, when I went to that court, everything was forgotten about. You know what I'm saying? So, And, and it's kind of like, this is what, this is like cannabis. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's my world at this point.
0: I wanted to ask about what that experience was like going from a well-oiled machine like the NBA to like this Wild West of cannabis where nothing's the same from day to day.
2: I guess the one thing I bought from from that world to this world was that I I realized early that brands was going to be important. Oh, shit. And I think that it was just because I came from that world. It was like, the NBA is nothing but a brand. You know mm. what I mean? It's like they give us the coolest sweatsuits and the coolest hats because we're, what, walking billboards for the NBA. So if I wear the sweatsuits, it's just people always – now, we already know the NBA is a global thing, but it's still it's just constantly keeping it in front of people. So that's why, I like, you don't see me ever anywhere without something Viola. I don't care if I got on a suit. I'm gonna have a pin on it. I'm gonna have a hat on. I'm a, I'm always repping the brand. Yeah. And you know, and even when we first started, like in Colorado, we started growing flour, but I realized it almost immediately, like they sold flower deli style. So you could have Viola flower inside of the dispensary, but the end users didn't know it was Viola. They just knew the strain. They mm-hmm. just knew it was an OG or this or that and the third. So with concentrates, and then also because of my grandmother, once again, story with her was that, you know, first she was using a flower. She's, you know, she's not only the backbone of my family, but she's the backbone of our church as well. And she would have all these events at her house, so she started thinking her house was smelling like weed, you know, and want everybody to know. Uh-huh. so she stopped using so pretty much you know my aunt told me it was like yeah mom struggling again and I was like damn I got to figure out how can I medicate her without everybody knowing and that's when I learned about extraction process and concentrates and different things like that and then also I realized that when you concentrate and stuff like that you have to put it in, in user packaging mm-hmm. so yeah. that's how you can start building your brand. so now we got the Viola brand the boxes this that, and the third so people can now start to you know uh, relate to actually the, the the brand that they actually you know are buying this product from
1: it's so interesting because i'm starting to see parallels between like studying game tape right or and figuring out like solutions and now you're right. like i have this i have a problem with my grams i'm gonna f- study I'm gonna find solutions. Like yeah. you're you're research driven. Like no, you're like there's answers out there. I'm gonna bro, find them. I'm em. telling you,
2: man. Like our company, Monica should have been. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, bro. I mean, me and my co-founder, bro. I mean, there's so many nights, nice, man. I'm just sitting on the couch, just spitballing, because you gotta think about it. Like once again, we pioneer in the industry, right? So all the resources of billionaires that I know, that are the most successful people ever. Like I go to them and ask them. They have no idea what to tell me. They're more every time they like. You sure you are not gonna go to jail? That was the first thing they would always keep saying. Like, I hope you're not gonna go to jail behind this. Like, they they couldn't even wrap their head around that this was about to be a viable industry. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, literally, like me and him was just figuring that shit out. Every time we try something it don't work, and I always say that's why I was kind of good that we started small because it allowed us to pivot whenever, right? So like even now, like even though as we were becoming a bigger company, like I try to keep things like kind of small still in sections so that, you know, when we see like, oh, this is something we need. So we don't know we how to ship just going in one way at hundred miles per hour, we might have to shift it to the left. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's just not going to happen. So, you know, I always, we always keep that mindset too. It's just like, we try to stay nimble enough
0: uh-huh. as we
2: move forward, and just in case, you know, regulations change, different things that we can kind of shift and not have our company going in one way where we just can't turn it around.
1: What about your circle? You got a tight circle. It sounds like, like a loyal, like mm-hmm. you, your whole life. Have you just had those people, and you were like, okay, this is this is these are my people.
2: Yeah, man. You know what? I um so like when I grew like growing up, you know, my um my mom, you know, she has I want to say five siblings, and I think between all of us now is like thirty-two of us, right? But I was the oldest.
3: Oh yeah. Right.
2: So I'm the oldest out of everybody. Right. Uh, my dad's side, um, I think he had four or five siblings as well, but not as many kids. But they were like, they were, they lived on a different side. So I didn't really have a good relationship with them growing up like that, right? Um, my dad died when I was eight. So um, when he died, you know, put a lot of pressure on me, like to grow up, right? Because then I had to, like, almost become the man of the house as an eight year old, right? My mom worked. She had just had my little sister three months before he passed. Um, you know, she worked that night. Or whatever so there was a lot of times when i used to even had to watch my sister you know watching the infant like when my mom is actually at work you know yeah. what i'm saying as a nine-year-old you know what i mean so yeah. i forced to grow up quick she taught me how to drive in that time i know i've been out i've known how to drive since i was eight years old like the whole thing and then like uh so my grandmother On my mother's side, she ends up moving south. So everybody goes south. So it was always just like me and just my mom and my brothers and sisters and my stepdad. Like I never had a lot of people around me. And then even with basketball, um, I went to a school outside of my neighborhood So my basketball teammates were like my friends and it was just only when we would practice. And then I was just back to, so I've never had like a huge entourage or anything like that. And then I'm like, and then I'm very loyal too. So, you know, if you with me from day one or you my, like you my guy. Right. So I don't have, you know, I have like, I would say probably like five really close friends where like, you know, I always say like you have friends and then you have the friends where you say if I got it, you got it. You know what I'm saying? So if you broke, we Both, bro. Yeah, it's the like, people you know, at the table, you, you know what I'm saying. So, I got like five guys that I would mm-hmm. say are like that, and then at, outside of that, everybody else are just their friends, but you know, not my guys, yeah, mm-hmm. like, that, yeah, like yeah. those yeah. five, yeah, yeah. Tell
1: me if I'm wrong about this, please. But, like, hearing about you becoming the man of the house at eight or nine, hitting a m- crazy growth spurt freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. and being the man of the house, does it is there a part of you that's like, oh my gosh, like, God gave me? like some tools to like change my life, my family's life and if I don't lean into this ba- to play in basketball as hard as possible, like I'm letting I'm letting I'm letting down something spiritual and physical, you know
2: what I'm I saying? I think so I don't know, you know, like it's funny like when you're that young, right? You don't really I don't think you think that deep. Some kids probably do. I don't think I did at that time. I think that the biggest life-changing thing for me was like my dad passing right and the fact that you know, I knew he was going to die because he pretty much, you know, one day he took me to the, uh, one day I came home from school or whatever, and uh, he was like, uh, yo, let's go to the, um, let's go rent a movie or whatever. So I was like, all right, cool. So this is back when, you know, you had the, uh, the, um the, rental movie rental plays on the corner like, like a vhs yeah. blockbuster now, it was like but this was like a family run one uh-huh. yeah. so blockbuster was in south orange i was in orange so we walked down there and as we was walking or whatever he was just like kind of just telling me like you know i made a lot of mistakes in my life and you know i'm about to pay for it you know what i'm saying and you know i'm, get, I'm sick and you know this that and the third and you know we go in we get like two karate flicks um we come back we go past the corner store, JT's, and we go inside and we get us a California cheeseburger. And California cheeseburgers in New Jersey just meant you got lettuce and tomato on it. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, you know, we go back to the house and we watch the movie. But no, but, but what he told me during that walk, which he was just like, look, I'm not gonna be here much longer and I need you to step up and like, you know, help your mother and I need you to take care of the family. I like, need you to take care of the family while I'm going. He's yeah. like, I believe that you can do it. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, I need you to really step up. And you know, I'm, I'm eight, right? So I'm like, all right, you know, not really understanding, you know, and even I'm not gonna be around much longer. I didn't even ask him what that meant really. I you know, I'm like, whatever, you know, I'm eight. And uh, go back, watch the movie, had a whole night. And then the next morning when I get up for school, I go in, you know, to talk to him or whatever. And like, he couldn't speak. Like he never, he never ever said another word to me ever in his life, or like anybody, he never spoke another word.
3: Wow.
2: So like those was like the, those was like pretty much like his last words to me, and then he died like three months later, type thing. You know what I'm saying? And. I just always remember that. And like, you know, I really took it like literally, like even with my mom, when she was, you know, dating, like I would literally like, no, he cannot come here ever again Mm -hmm. type thing. And she respected me enough where she would not let him, you know, it was over period. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, um, I would say like that, I think that that right there, if anything, was really what kind of sparked all of my desire and just my focus and my it was just something i just kind of carry with me and i and i've taken that role on like to the point where sometimes it's detrimental to everything because you know kind of everybody brings everything to me all the time i'm like always the person to try to fix everything you know what i'm saying which which becomes stressful sometimes obviously but um you know yeah i am i am like a god put me in a spot where like i am like the guy (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Amongst Damn right. You know, my family and stuff like that. And like I said, I, I look at it more of a blessing than you know than you know than have a problem with it. Totally. Gotta step up. Yeah, got to. Got to. That's all that's what my that's what my life was about. Yeah. You know I mean, it could have been it could've been another way. For real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll take this, you know what I'm saying? I'll definitely take it this way.
1: Do you remember the first time you were like, I think I can dunk? And then you did? And then you were like, Oh, I just flew?
2: It was freshman year, so I was six four and couldn't dunk so i was, I, I, was un, I was I was unathletic everybody was dunking on my team everybody I played freshman basketball too at a at a at a public school named Roselle. Not that they had like killer athletes or nothing, but like i was the worst i was probably the worst player on the freshman team at, really? six, four. at six, four, and I mean one day in gym class was the first time I dunked I threw it up off the backboard and jumped up and just dunked it in. And then after that, I've been dunking ever since. <laughs> it's like, you just got to do it one time, right? And yep, then. And yeah. Oh, my God. I probably can't dunk right now, but if I train, You're I can You're metaphorically dunking every yeah, day, yeah, though. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's What's what? your
0: favorite thing about being in the cannabis business right now?
2: Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm building a legacy, right? That's way bigger than anything I ever did in Hoop. You know, because of the lives that you know I'm affecting, changing, Um, I feel like. uh, Well, what I'm you know what I'm trying to do is you know just really just trying to empower a community that is always overlooked. You know what I mean and. I feel like if I could be that reason for, you know, 20 years down the line for certain families to be like, yeah, the opportunity I got with Al Harrington at Viola changed our family trajectory forever. I think that would be amazing. You know what I mean? And, you know, I try to be very selfless and just try to make it about other people. And I feel like when you do that, you know, the blessings that you come back is like, it's not a billion dollars. It's not, it's, it's something that's just forever. You know what I'm saying? And, You know, I, I I tell you know I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, you know, when my kids play ball and we go to games, you know, ten years, old, my boys are four and two, and they're playing basketball. And they have no choice. But <laughs> when we go to the games. When we go to the games, you know, I want people to be at the game. Like, yo, that's the Viola. That's Al Harrington, the Viola.
0: Da, 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 yes. da, instead
2: of like Al Harrington, the NBA player. That you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. like, I just my legacy is bigger than just hoop. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's a lot of guys that that struggle. Trying to find what's next, you know what I'm saying? It was caused a lot of problems in their life depression and different things like that. So that's why I always say I'm blessed to be in the position that I am and that I was able to have the foresight and to see this. And like I said, God is amazing because God sent my grandmother for that. Because if that did not happen, I promise you I would not be in cannabis right now 1000%. Yeah,
0: damn. Is there, is there, uh, I was just wondering if you have any plans for like, a festival or a weekend where like, so I have all kind of ideas. Like, a, a ideas. Yeah. Like, right. I I like training like, camp and, like, I wanna music. Do like, I want to do, like, a
2: wellness resort. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm working with um, some of my partners in Antigua. Um, you know, they already have the, the property. So, now we're about to probably start fundraising for that. You know, so we want to have a Viola wellness resort. Um, I want to do hotels, clothing, yeah. like, everything. Like, I want the brand to be a legacy brand. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? A brand that's just going to be around forever. You know, like, you know, I think that the name is fitting. You know, you think about a lot of these other cannabis brands, I don't feel like you can, like, cross them over to a lot of other stuff because it's so cannabis-driven and whatever. But I think Viola's a Lifestyle was a person. It was an amazing person. You know what I'm saying? It had a, that, you know, that was a, you know, that was very interesting and had a lot of different layers to her. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm trying to build a company the same way it's very easy right mm-hmm. you know you can see viola anywhere you know, hear it anywhere and it just sound, it sounds good yeah you know it what does. i mean so i think that uh once again we were just lucky with even you know being able to have this name happy her name wasn't eartha <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and nothing wrong with the Earthas out there i'm sorry but you know but still, but still you know, it still it worked out it worked out <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got two. I got two things. One is what was your first tattoo that you got? Uh, my first tattoo was, uh, was basketball,
2: Big owl in it, and it has a C around it because I played for the Celtics. So it's actually the Cal. It was the Cal, uh, Cal uh, University of California yeah. logo.
1: Oh, really? Back in the
2: day. Oh, cool. Yeah, but and the reason why I liked it with the C around it is because in my high school St. Patrick we was the Celtics. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had the ball with the C around it to represent yeah. the Celtics. But Does yeah, Paul Pierce Dean, know about that? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and my, uh, my Aunt Dean is the one that actually took me to get my first tattoo. Like, she had to convince my mother. And she's like, I'll take him to a good place and blah, 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 blah. And she took me to get my first one. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Man. Uh, and on that Paul Pierce tip, like, who were the, who were the people that, like, you – Loved to play against or play with. Who were the people who drove you mad because they grabbed your jersey every yeah. single time you tried to like, you know, post up and like.
2: Well, guys used to always, you know, you know, I look forward to playing against was like the Paul Pierce's. Um, I would say like the two guys that was the toughest for me to guard in my career was Grant Hill. Yeah. When he was healthy. For the Pistons. Just, yeah, that first step he had was just like. I mean, I'd be off him and he still just go by me. And then uh, Zach Randolph was another one. And it was so funny, I met Zach Randolph when he was 17 years old in the airport in Indianapolis because he's from Indiana. And I'm walking past him, and he literally stops me. He's like, yo, what's up, Al Harrington? My name's Zach Randolph. Remember my name. I'm gonna be in the league in two years. I'm being in the league in two years. Watch, watch. I don't know this kid from he stops me in the airport, and tells me that, and he's in the league in two years, uh-huh. and giving me hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and like guys, I like to play. I, I enjoy playing with was you know Jermaine O'Neal, Stephen Jackson, Baron Davis. Yeah. Um, you know older guys, Reggie Miller, Chris Mullin. Uh, what
1: was it like in the locker room with somebody like? Like, Reggie, like, I mean, like, these are people who have just been in the game for so long, and then, like, all of you were just hanging together. Like, I, there's something about, like, all these leaders yeah. being in one room together. They were,
2: just, it, it was, they were old, man. Yeah. They were just old, bro. They Shooting just threes. look at me, like, looking like he's 18, like get him out of here. What is a high schooler doing in our locker room right now? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but you know, they, they gave me a lot of tough love my first two years, like a lot of tough love. And I, and I, at the time I didn't see the value of it, but as I got older, I'm so happy they did that. You know what I'm saying? Because they really, once again, like, they also put me in that spot where I could never feel comfortable and complacent. Like, I get I get 14 points in the game and I'm smiling and they tell me everything I did wrong. Like, yo, next time I'm open, swing the ball. Like, you know what I'm saying? They just kept me on, they kept me on my toes. And, you know, they, they and then being able to watch those older guys, you know, once again, first ones at the gym, last ones to leave, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a reason why they played 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the guys that, the guys on my team that when I from when I first when I was young, the guys that showed up ten minutes before practice left as soon as practice was over. Those are the guys that only played two, three seasons. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was able to recognize that and see that. Like, you know, like if I wanna be in this thing for a long time, I gotta work. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's what those guys taught me. And, you know, once again they were just old as hell. You know, for an eighteen year old, like, you know, the way they dressed and, you know, the way they talked and you know, they had kids and the wives and, you know, so it's just it's just different, you know, being around those guys.
1: Yeah, do you ever think that they'll it'll when it goes federal, like NBA players can finally just like smoke weed?
2: Yeah, I mean I think players are already smoking weed. Yeah. Um I think that, you know, they're trying to figure out how to be a little bit more lenient towards the plant with the guys because I think they realize that, like, it's really not harmful, right? I mean, it's better than these guys actually consuming liquor. You know what I mean? And I think that once you wrap your head around that first and foremost, you're like, okay. You know what I mean? And, you know, I tell people all the time, like, they should give players a little bit more credit because, yes, you may have one or two bad apples that may smoke, you know, uh, before a game or something like that. But, the guy, and that's that guy that comes to practice 10 minutes before and the guy that leaves right after practice. You're right. going to be short-lived. You yep. respect the craft too much. It's like why would you go and get yourself inebriated before you about to play against Kevin Durant or yeah. about to play against Steph Curry or about to play against even Al Harrington. Like I'm really about to go out here and not be all I can be and go out here and compete. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I always tell them. It's just like telling us having access to liquor but well, we don't get drunk before the game. We wait till after the game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> we don't drink at all before the, the day of a game. You know what I'm saying? And, and and what they what they understand is like even the players that may consume before the game, it's probably you know before their nap, so they get a chance to rest, mm-hmm. and, and they probably using it for medicinal issues, whether it's anxiety, whether it's so they can go to sleep, whether yeah. it's a little pain that they're dealing with, and they just rather use cannabis than take the opioids. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't—they don't like the way that make them feel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think that the leagues are coming around. I think obviously when federal legalization happened, yes, it will be police-like liquor. You know what I mean? And I tell, and I—you know—I talk to the NBA. I'm like, yeah, if a player come in and his eyes is all red and he look high. It's just like you handle him the same way you would handle him if he came in and he was drunk. Mm-hmm. You suspend his ass, and nobody wants to lose checks. You know what I'm saying? That's so all you got to do is threaten a player. I'm telling you, the one way to get to us is threaten that we're going to take our money.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: We're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If that was the case, we'd be more fights. A fight only costs you 2500 These guys are making hundreds of millions. They don't do no fighting because they don't, nobody likes to lose money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think that, you know, but I, you know, to answer your question, yes, um, as legal I – think, I think they'll allow it in sports before legalization, to be honest. I think it'll be CBD will be the first – um, product or the first cannabinoid that will be allowed yeah and then as we do more research on cbg and cbn and all that more stuff will kind of you know kind of be more available to the players and better products
0: i read that you interviewed uh david stern the nba commissioner and he said that you convinced him that cannabis mm-hmm. should be legal for the players
2: yeah it took it was uh it took me four meetings with him um when i interviewed him to be honest i i so all the education up until the interview is what when I convinced him, right? But it was funny. As I was setting up to talk to him, he's an attorney, right? So you know, and he's been doing this forever. So he's only going to say what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So here I go trying to be smarter than, you know, I think I am. And I'm like, well, I got to ask some questions to lead him down the road to say that players should be able to use. And, like, on well, my third question, he was just like, yeah, you've convinced me. I think the players should be able to use it now. We should change it again. And so I'm looking at the producers, and I'm like, what else are we supposed to talk about this is the only reason why I, this is the only thing I wanted from him you know what I'm saying but um and then you know obviously all the questions come after that is is he part of your company is he, that's why he did and I'm like no he actually believes it and you know I think that there is at least enough studies out there or information that you know for you to really still be feeling like it's a gateway drug and all that you're just being ignorant you know what I'm saying you're just not willing to do any homework you know what I'm saying? To, 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 to before you make statements like that. I just feel like those statements are now turned. Now those statements are irresponsible. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? For people to feel that way.
1: 100%. We're coming up on our time. Yep. Yeah. Right. We got to wrap it up. Uh, I, I just want to know, we usually talk about it near the end, like about the food, your food game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, we've heard about cereal for your grandma, but what about for yourself? Like
2: What I like to eat. Yeah. So it's funny. I go, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I do so many different diets. I've done like the Dr. CB alkaline diet. I've done keto diets. So it just depends on my weight the weight class I'm in at that moment. Mm-hmm. You know what how I mean? How that so how that skin feels. How the suit feels. You uh-huh. know what so you know, I I can lose weight pretty fast through these diets, like literally like twenty pounds in like ten days type thing or whatever when I like stick to a hard body. I don't I think because I work so much, it's just I'm just burning, burning, burning and I just can get down and so a lot of times I don't I I have to be on these diets for like, you know, anywhere from 3 to 6 weeks to get back to my goal and then I could just start maintaining again. Nice. But uh the foods that I like is uh I'm a, I like soul food obviously so the, this time of the year is the best time of the year cuz I got Thanksgiving and I got Christmas coming up so I get all my macaroni and cheese, okay, collard yeah. greens, yams, turkey, all that fried turkey, all that good stuff. <laughs> but uh normally um you know, I'm a sweets guy, so, you know, that's going to be like my downfall. You know, I like the cakes and yes. the ice cream and yes. the gummies and
1: right. every every day can be your birthday. Every day, bro. <laughs> and if
2: so I had crazy. one meal like if you said how you only get one type of a meal every day, what would it be? It would be breakfast foods. For real? It would be breakfast foods. Like
0: a breakfast burrito? No,
2: nah, it would be like, you know, French toast, Ooh. pancakes, eggs, bacon. And Angela. then and then I keep saying I'm gonna go vegan again. I, I was vegan, for uh, I was vegan for almost two years, and um, I'm thinking about going back to that as well. It's I the best great. I've ever felt. Yeah, I felt yeah. great, and it's just I don't know. It's just tough because well, for me, it's tough being vegan on the road a lot. Yeah, if that makes sense. And I know it totally. sounds like an excuse because I know it's vegan people that travel all the time and they get it done right, but. For me, I travel so much; it's just hard, man. Then you end up eating bread and all this other stuff all the time. I'm gonna be going get into my diet, <laughs> but uh, but I would love to be vegan again. And I only can be vegan if I was just here in L. A. All the time it would be great because there's so many great restaurants and you have so many options, right? But just when you're on the road, it's tough.
1: Yeah, Denny's, Chili's, Applebee's. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, So where can people find Viola across the country?
2: Um, So the states that we're in currently um, we're in Michigan in Detroit Um, We're gonna start working on different accounts now so we can you know start getting our flower out uh, probably Second quarter of next year is when we will actually have our product, um, you know in other shops Um, Here in California, we're in about 300 shops uh, in Colorado We're in about 250 shops there. And in Oregon, we're in about uh, 200 shops. So I guess you could check your weed maps. Um, You can always, you know, uh, DM us if you're looking for specific um, places. If you want to look for us on Instagram, we're at Viola. Um, In each market we're in, we have a a market uh, Instagram as well. So like, you know, at Viola, Michigan, at Viola, Colorado, different things like that. Uh, You can find me at, at Al Harrington 3. Um, our CBD side of our business is uh, at replay CBD, um, you know, you can find those products right now online uh, They'll be in brick-and-mortar stores and smoke shops around the country um, Launching in January as well. So, um, you know, just look for us. You should be, shouldn't be too hard to find us and, You know in 2020 and we're gonna continue to grow, you know, we're looking at expanding in states like Maryland Illinois, Missouri, New Jersey and Georgia So, you know, that's our in New York So those are uh, our expansion goals for 2020, to at least get some form of a footprint in those states. And we'll just see how it goes.
0: Big year.
2: Yeah, big, huge year.
0: That's what's up. If you
2: want to invest, hit me up too. That's yes. it. <laughs> That's how we end. That's it. Always on the hustle. <laughs> no doubt.
1: Thank
3: you so Thank much. Thank you so right. much. Thanks, guys. This I has been amazing.
1: It. And if yeah. you want to find us, we are at Weed and Grub on Instagram. You can go to WeedandGrub.com to read a bunch more. We're going to be at South by Southwest in March. Leave us a five star review on iTunes. Leave a review. DM us. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Bye. Bye.
2: Peace.